podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? It's uh, not much. I'll take I'll take one lovely. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. You gotta you gotta climb to more lovelies. I I get it, and I, I just wanted to, before we started, uh, I wanted to tell the people, um, the living the stream faithful that. You know, we haven't been uh, on the show. We haven't done a show in a long time, and and uh, you can blame our um, our social media uh, consultants who uh, told us that the best way to build li- listenership uh, was to just not have the show ever. Right. Right. And that that and and that was that advice was uh, came at a low low cost of eleven hundred dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and uh, and we took we took that advice, and that's why we haven't had a show. We're trying to build a listenership. <laughs> through not having a show. I thought that was just worth saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to know why people, or I, I think it's important for people to know why we have not been doing this show. Uh, and really, I mean, what makes people more thirsty than not giving them what they want? Very, the people are incredible, thir- incredibly thirsty, and we can only thank our experts for, for that uh, happening. Yeah, absolutely. So what's been new, Denny? I mean, I, look, I'll start, I'll start with me, Denny. Yeah, go ahead. My team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they did it again. I don't know if you heard, but hockey championships stay in Pittsburgh. I did. I did hear. I'm very, as I said on Twitter, very happy that you finally have something to celebrate in uh, in sports. It's been a long time uh, for you. And um, uh, it, can I ask, uh, is the, the rumors that you had a periscope? Yeah, uh, that that's true. The rumor is true. I, uh, so, so basically I watched the game. I was drinking a little bit during the game, but I wasn't like blitzed. Right. And then the celebration happened where I told my wife that I was going to stone cold some beers if we won the Stanley cup. And so I grabbed two Bud Lights, went out to my back porch. There may or may not be a video of this, which I will never put on social media, but Denny has seen it. Den- I have seen it, guys. I have seen it. Denny has seen the video. Denny also saw the reaction video to the Hornquist goal, which won won the cup, and then <laughs> and then the reaction to the empty netter, which won the cup, because my one buddy was Snapchatting while we were watching the game. So I have all that documented, and it will never, never make it to social media aside from random DMs to to Denny and Rich Rebar. But we be- we better not never get in a fight. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That's true. I have to- <laughs> Denny <laughs> Denny basically has has blackmail video of for me moving forward that if anything were to happen in our relationship right. i'm i'm done for but uh, so I can, so i can never be replaced by the air horn that's, right. that's all i'm saying that's very true that's very very true so i then just like continued to celebrate and drink and i drank a lot and i went on periscope and it was like two minutes long and it was a terrible idea i deleted it when i woke up the next morning <laughs> luckily i'm just so so happy that i did not tweet out the periscope that was that was the that was the big thing because some guys were like Ryan McDowell was in it was in the Periscope so he got to see me just very very happy showing off the bourbon that I had drank and the beers mm-hmm. that I had drank but look my team won another championship another Stanley Cup 
I'm a human. I'm a huge fan. I've, I've said this before many times. Look, I, I am just a, I, I am a pure hockey fan because I don't need to analyze the sport. So I am, I'm one of those people that I always, that we always talk about on this show from a football perspective. I'm one mm. of those people from a hockey perspective. So I get more amped up for hockey games. You saw me in the, in, in DC oh. the one night oh. I get, yeah. I get more amped up for hockey games than I do for football games at this point, just because of, of what I, ha- I have to be more objective. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you definitely do get amped up. You just sounded, by the way, you sound a little bit like Alex Jones there for a second. because You <laughs> said, like you said, look, I'm a human. <laughs> and that's what he said. I'm a human. I'm a man. Yeah. I'm a human. Yeah. I, I just need, I need to scream more, put, put more into it. I have blood running through me fast. <laughs> oh. Yes. But I, I don't believe in any conspiracy theories. Yeah, right. No, that's not, especially, especially when it comes to hockey. Um, you, uh, you don't believe in, in Kristen Michael. So I know that you don't believe. Yeah, in, that's a good point. Theory. That's a good point. I'm not a Kristen Michael person. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's how, you know, um, yeah. um, but how about you, Denny? What have you been up to? Um, well, uh, I have been, uh, you know, playing softball on the worst softball team in my life. Woo. Uh, we are miserable beyond description. No one can hit. Everyone is old. Everyone is slow. It's just um just a miserable experience. But I go out every Monday and get my ass kicked anyway. So that's uh that's been fun. My daughter turned one. I saw that. Congratulations to her and to Thanks. you for living a year. Yes, she's ten years away now from uh nine years away from paying back uh back you know, back pay for all the baby food uh, right. that we bought. Sure, so, sure. Uh just uh she hopefully she'll be saving for that soon. Um <laughs> and um and she is saying some words now. That's impressive. Uh, That's very impressive. Not, yeah. Um, she says delete an account, but she can't string it together. Right, she right. She can't put those together yet. But, but soon, I'm but, sure. But your son is there letting her know that yeah, this is how right. you string it together. Because he's, he's been saying it for, for a couple of years now. He's been saying it for two years at least. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll be helping her string those words together to get you to delete your account. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're back in podcast form. We'll do a couple more, hopefully in June. What we're going to do for these shows, since football is kind of dead right now, June is like, June is my least favorite month for sports. Like after these champion, the NBA and the NHL finals are over. Like, like I'm going to actually start out my podcast on Friday with the mailbag episode with this. But like, if you don't live in Pittsburgh, Cleveland, or the Bay area, you hate sports in June for the most part, right? right. I know, I know, like, 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 I like baseball, other people like baseball, but, like, it's June baseball, right? It's not, it's not, like, it's June baseball. That's not, that's not a big thing. So, no, it's miserable. Yeah, not a lot is happening in June in general. Some things have happened, like Jeremy Macklin signed with the Ravens and stuff like that. But as a result of that, instead of, like, reiterating strategy talk that we've had years past, we're just going to go straight to the questions. We're just yeah. going to we're just going to give listeners what they probably only care for anyway on this podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I I actually think cuz we were like, you know, will people like it? I don't know. People responded overwhelmingly yes to mm-hmm. our Twitter poll. Yes. And then and and then the, like the responses were basically like, "Yes, of course we'll like this." And I I kind of got the sense that uh this might be a trend. We'll see. Yeah. So if things go well, you guys give us feedback and look, we like the sarcasm, but give us some real feedback as well because we want to know if we should continue to do these. So if you like this show, let us know on Twitter. We'll keep doing these shows. If not, 
then we're going to have to figure something out because we don't have yeah. a plan B very well. Exactly. No, you're right. Uh, peel back the layers of irony, at least like six or seven layers, and then tell us how you feel. Yes. All right. Let's get to the questions, Any The first one is at fantasy underscore TDs. Fantasy is spelled with fours as the A's, and the S is a five, just so, ev- special. Just so everyone knows. Uh, he says, I have Matt Ryan as a keeper in the 13th round out of 15 rounds. Should I keep him or get a different quarterback? Ah. Uh. I mean, look, there, there's an opportunity cost when you keep a quarterback because you're not keeping other guys on your team, right? You're not keeping a running back or a wide receiver that you might be able to keep for cheap. So yeah. when you're keeping those quarterbacks, you're foregoing that opportunity. However, Matt Ryan in the 13th round is not that bad. Right. I mean, I just I don't know how you can say no. I mean, is it? I don't think it's like a um, a league winning move, but I think it's it's a good move. Yeah. Okay. I agree there. Let's move on to the next one. At fish on the play, brush or comb, and if brush, what kind? Um. So for me, a brush, a brush pulls a little bit too hard on the old scalp and the old hairline. So uh, I feel you know a comb for me, my age my advanced age. Uh, I'm going with the comb. Uh, it, it, it's a relatively wide tooth comb too. Uh, and, uh, so that's my preference. I think the last time I owned a brush or a comb was when I was, when I had highlights when I was 12 years old. Oh, hot. I think that's, that's the last time I, 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 I can't tell you the last time I put a brush or a comb in my hair. Wow. My, really? my fingers do the work, man. Well, that's what she said. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, your hair is good for br- for a brush, though. I mean, I think that you would yeah. be best off with a brush. It's like that thick. But, but like when you. Joe Flacco hair. Yeah, but when you brush your hair, it, you just get dad. Like you just get. You, yeah, you get the stupid like like over the top. Like because like because you're right. My hair would be good for a brush. Right. Because it's thicker. And like but when you have thick hair <laughs> and you brush you get that like corporate dad look. I don't want the corporate dad look. I'm a, I'm I'm not even I'm the 29 still. I don't need the corporate dad look. I wear I'm a fantasy football right. analyst. I'm a, I, I I work from home every day in my gym shorts. Why do I need the corporate dad look? That's just my take on it. Yeah, no, you you actually uh you might be the only fan, fantasy analyst, full-time fantasy analyst who has washed his hair this week. Right, so. right. I mean that's that's one thing I do care about is 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 cleanliness. I I do <laughs> I do shower my body a lot. Uh next one at Realway Kneewing. Also, what is this hockey thing JJ keeps talking about? Does he know he is the only one who cares? Hey, you know how disappointing it was to see how many more people cared about a really, really awful NBA finals than a really, really good NHL finals. That was rough. That's, that must've been tough. Yeah. It's stupid, but whatever. There's still a large amount of people that care and my team won the Stanley cup. So Wayne get owned. Does it, does, get owned. <laughs> does it make you feel any better that I cared about neither? Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, as long as they're on the same playing field for you right. then that that's good. Uh, next one is at Ross Gotts chalk. Would you rather pick at the beginning or the end of a draft this year? Uh, I I mean, you know, I I think I always answer this the same way. I kind of like the end of the first round. Uh, I don't know about you. See, if it's the beginning, I mean, I, I, I like getting, I would love to get one of the big three running backs. So I'm thinking more in terms of like, okay, if I get DJ, Le'Veon, or Zeke, then 
I feel pretty good about what's what's to come. I can just pound wide receivers, get like a maybe like a Dez falls to the late second yeah. or like a you know I like Doug Baldwin a lot. Like if those guys are there, then in the second, and then you get another decent enough wide out in the early third. You have that mm-hmm. foundation at running back. That's the main reason why I. But like I would hate. I, I don't like like the fourth overall pick at all. Oh yeah. No, me, me neither. Uh, let me ask you this question, because this, uh, this came up the other day. Uh, if you took uh, Elliott in the first round, would you then take Dez in the second if he were there at the end of the second? Um, I think I would be okay with it because the market share numbers should be pretty strong like in, in general. And, that I, and I think the offense is still going to be fairly good. Uh, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not one of those people that – is really bearish on Des Bryant because of volume issues, because Des Bryant has had volume issues, borderline volume issues compared to elite wide receivers, his entire career. Like, you know, Des Bryant is still going to, and in an, in an ideal world, Des Bryant is my wide receiver too, of course. Uh But, and I'm not one, as I've said on this show many times, I'm not one to have running back and wide receiver on the same team. Uh, Depends on who's there, but I, I think that's one of the rare cases where it would be okay. I do too. I actually, I, I'm fine with it for the reasons that that you stated. Although it it becomes then a Dallas game, Dallas primetime game becomes you know tilting your brains out yes. for uh, three hours. Yes, it would <laughs> so. be it would be really rough. I mean, it's definitely not a ceiling play necessarily, yeah. just because yeah. you, you know that they're going to have to share touchdowns in some way. So exactly, yeah. Uh, next one at bedtime thirty seven. This is I remember remember way back in the day when I made fun of bedtime thirty seven. This this but, handle. But wasn't the story behind the, yeah. the handle? His, his last name is Story. Oh, right. So right. his nickname is Bedtime. Uh, skim 2% or whole milk, only one right answer, and it's not and it's not the quote, humans are the only animals who drink milk as adults nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> what, didn't we talk about milk before? Wait, you don't drink milk, right? I drink almond milk. That's the only... I, I don't even... I don't drink it, though. I just have it in my old women's cereal every morning. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get your fiber, um, bro. I, uh, I I drink uh, I drink one percent, uh, which I believe to be the correct milk. The cor- okay, well we'll see what Michael Story comes back with as to what I mean, what the correct milk is. I mean, look at two two percent. You're getting kind of thick, and then <laughs> yeah. whole milk whole milk it's like glue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whole, I don't... whole milk is is legitimately Elmer's glue in a gallon jug. Yeah, I mean, you hold it upside down, and it just kind of, you know, comes out very slowly. It's disgusting. I mean, right. my baby daughter drinks it, um, and uh, I'm horrified. I'm like, baby, how can you do this to yourself? But, you know, doctor, doctor's orders. Your son's going to come home from school one day and be like, I need to do this project. I need some glue. And you're like, just buy some whole milk. I just get right. Get a half gallon. It's going to be a lot easier to go to the local 7-Eleven than to go find a Elmer's glue at Target or something. No doubt. Next one. At... Bine Anak. That's so wrong. Offensive, <laughs> offensive rookie of the year is. Do you have an answer to that? I, I mean, like you would think that it's got to be like it's going to be someone who puts up numbers. It's harder for wide receivers to put up numbers. Plus Eric, well Eric Decker left Tennessee without a contract today. But so and, and the wide receiver class isn't that great. I, I, I would think you would think it's got to be like Leonard Fournette or or like a Christian McCaffrey or maybe yeah. like a Joe Mixon or something. Yeah, I mean. I would, I would think, I would go with McCaffrey. I just, I hate Fournette's situation so much. Yeah, but, 
Here's the here's the thing though is that when Jacksonville inevitably goes six and ten this year and they see that increase in wins, I don't even know what they go last year five five wins maybe four yeah I don't know yeah but actually way yeah because they had the the early pick uh but but when they see an increase in wins regardless they're going to point to the fact that it was because of the rushing attack and not the fact that the defense is a lot better and so on mm-hmm. so like that's why I could see the narrative driving Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't think a quarterback is going to do it. I, I think Mixon has an opportunity too. Mixon's in a really good spot, especially with the geo news at the ACL. Um, might, he might not be ready for the early season. So, yeah. so Mixon's, Mixon's a really good pick there too. I, I, you know, who knows, but I think it'll be a running back. Um, next one is at Travis NFL. Who scores more fantasy points this year, Fedora Goat or David Njoku? I mean... Fedora Goat's still the tight end one on a team that likes to throw to tight ends, right? Yeah, I mean, I I like I like Fedora what's more. My my model likes him more. It's tough to really back a, a rookie tight end. I I know that there are right. there are some people that are really really into Injoku even in redraft and that he could be a break. But like like they have they have two towers and Pryor and or not Pryor and uh, Coleman and Britt, right? They they those guys are going to demand a market share. They have Seth the Valve there, your boy. Exactly. Yeah, he's your boy, don't right? For, yeah, don't forget about him. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. And and Duke Johnson's gonna get some some targets as well. I mean, like it's not like this is like a wide open scenario for Njoku. And I'm not saying it is for Fedorowicz either. But we saw last year that Fedorowicz was relevant in fantasy, despite the fact that Brock Osweiler was throwing up passes. That was fun. That was that little Fedorowicz run was was a lot of fun for the show. Yeah. Tons of fun. Uh, next one at J Shales forty six. Will tight end be as bad as it was last year? Probably. <laughs> it's always bad. <laughs> it is always bad. It's always bad. I though. I mean, Gronk will be healthy. That'll change things. That'll automatically make people think differently. Kelsey has a lot of opportunity, so he'll be fine. But yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like there are really interesting situations. But I feel like we were kind of saying that last year too. You know, yeah. It's just such a stupid position. Yeah, I mean, you can you can almost tell you could tell a story about almost any tight end in the on the top ten offenses in the league, and um, about opportunity, about red zone uh, opportunity. Uh, but when it comes down to it, I mean, it's such a volatile position, and I hate it so much. And there are people writing about Jesse James being relevant this year in that offense, and like like that that number one, it tells you enough. Number two, like like why like Jesse James didn't do anything last year. Why would he all of a sudden do something this year? I I don't, I don't get it. Right. He was almost completely fantasy irrelevant with green on the sideline last year. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. So yeah, I mean the tight end position might be a little bit better, but I'm still not super, super keen on it. Uh, Next one at FF strats thoughts on belittling people when they refer to players as sleepers. It's not like we get our data from newspapers, granddad. <laughs> uh, so wait, the thoughts on belittling. I mean, I don't, I don't particularly love to belittle anyone on fantasy Twitter, yeah. um, except for if their food opinions are off base. Sure. But, uh, but when, I mean the term sleeper, we, you know, we're, we're about to enter sleeper apocalypse uh, Twitter, <laughs> which happens in July and people will be like, that's not a sleeper. There are no sleepers. Well, Bill Barnwell wrote about how there are no sleepers. And in in a way, that's that's absolutely true. But that might be only true for fantasy obsessives and not regular people. 
I, I mean, and not only that, I, I don't know why we can't just accept the fact that it's a term for value, right? It, it's it's no longer a term that describes guys who no one knows that are that that are potentially going to yeah. break out. Sleepers are value plays. That, that that's all it is. They're they're guys who you can get late in drafts that could become something, or they have a lot of upside. And like uh, to me, there's nothing wrong with calling them sleepers. It really, really, really gets people mad online, though. But it does. Um, uh, real quick about sleepers. Uh, for draft day consultants, I do obviously a lot of consulting in leagues that are like office leagues. They're not very savvy. And um, there was one uh, the year that Allen Robinson broke out. So 2015, uh, almost every client that I worked with, I would be like, you know, you got to get this guy, Allen Robinson. At, the, at I forget where he was going, but, you know, middle of the draft, they were like, I'm sorry, who? Right. Like, and no clue. So there is a part of the world that doesn't know every player, every fantasy viable player that's going in a draft. Right. It just it happens that way. Right. Next one is from at mrock72. What to do with late first round rookie picks this year? Trade for players, trade down, make the picks. Uh, I the late the end of the first round for for rookie picks I hate because there's just a giant tier. There's a big drop in the, in the middle there. Uh, I've you know I've been forced to draft like Kareem Hunt in the later first or, or, or a little bit earlier than I might ha- do it do otherwise. Uh, so to me. I generally will say trade your picks in general, but to me, this is a special circumstance as well. It's even worse because those players that you're getting in the late first, you can realistically sometimes get in the early second. Yeah, I agree. Uh, This next one is at 21 Chooch Street. (laughs) If Denny was an Overwatch hero, who would he be? I say Soldier 76. You don't even know what this means. I've literally no idea what any of that means. You have no idea what it means. Overwatch Denny is a great video game. Okay. And it's it's a first-person shooter. You have two teams of heroes, and it's 6v6. And it's like a cartoony, kind of graphic-y looking game. But it's a very, very, very... It's one of the most popular games in the world. Okay, They have like major league gaming with it and stuff, like the really? esports okay. stuff. And I play it. I play it. So do a lot of guys do. The fantasy footballers, the, the guys who do the fantasy footballers podcast, yeah. they play it. Uh, there's a lot of other people in, on, on fantasy Twitter that play it, which is no surprise because there's probably a decent overlap of people who play video games and people who of nerds of, yeah it's 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 nerds it's nerds but denny denny's this was this was given to me by brandon gadula uh who who was an editor at number fire um he said that denny would this is only going to make sense to probably three percent of you but he said that denny would be Junkrat because he just sits back and he's just lobbing those takes so junk Junkrat <laughs> Junkrat has this he's this little he's this he's a little asshole dude but he he sits there with his grenade launcher and he just sits back and he just launches these grenades. Like takes no skill to play Junkrat. And he just launches these grenades and that's that's you. You're just launching these takes. You're just uh, you're just thinking, you know what? I have this take on this yeah. food, and yeah. what better way to utilize this take than to just throw it out on Twitter and let my mentions burn? Yeah, d- does he then back away from it completely and just let people scream? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just he just he launches the nades. And then yeah. if you're playing Junkrat, because I used to play Junkrat a, a decent bit, he just launches some nades out of his grenade launcher, and then he yeah. and then he and, the, and then, yeah, man, I'm a gamer. And then he and then he runs and then he runs to a different area of the map, and that's his new take. That's where he's now launching those nades. Yes, that sounds it sounds like me, and and the no skill part is right on. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> 
<laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> Next one is at Empire FFL. If you could change your name to a symbol, what symbol would you use? Oh, God. I'm sorry I didn't see this question. I didn't I see this question that. either. I wish I would have seen this. This is very, very difficult. Uh, uh, a symbol. Oh man! What about what about I'll... what about an emoji, Denny? What emoji do you use the most on your? Oh on your yeah, text yeah, yeah. Is it still? Um, I guess my emoji would be would be the fire the uh, the siren. Uh, oh, the siren. Yeah. Oh, not 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 the actual fire, but the siren. I feel like I use the siren more. Like I I think I overuse that. Although I see I see people. Uh, using it in similar ways, and it makes me very happy. I use the uh, the penguin emoji a lot recently. Yeah, okay. for for obvious reasons. But then you, no, you know what what emoji I use? I think more than anyone else on this planet is the smirk emoji. The smirk emoji. Yeah, yeah. The one where the guy. Oh, you you do. Yeah, you do use that. I use I use that emo- that emoji a lot. It's a it's a good Hold one. Hold on. Let, let me let me check let me check my uh, my recent emojis. Um, Oh, okay. Trash can, trash can emoji is is one I use. Uh, the the goat. Yeah, the goat uh, one's up there for me too. Uh, eyeballs. Yeah, eyeballs uh, are good. Money, money tongue. Money tongue. Who are you? Yeah, money tongue. And then um the 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 blue square that says cool. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. <laughs> oh man. Next one at K of the world. Do you have advice for people, me, who listen and try to learn, but who fail at drafts? Even after studying up, drafts seem too fast. Too fast. Uh, I guess too fast, like if it's like on a minute clock. I, I, I guess. I mean, the only thing I can think of is the mock draft more. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think queuing up players yes. is, is, a, is, a good, is a good thing to do because – then you know you're not in a total panic if you queue up five players and then you know three of them are gone and you're down to two then you can just sort of sort through those um i i don't know i i mean the tilts is strong yes when it's like a when it's like a short clock and you're and you're panicked um but try to queue up players and um remember most of all that nothing matters that's the most important yes yes uh next one is at L underscore Quint. I always get this one wrong because it's just, it's not an uppercase L. So I want to say I, but it's L because his last name is, I'm not going to say because I can't pronounce it. What Wait, it, let me see. Quint. Oh yeah. Oh, Quint Lasseter. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what is your guys take on biscuits and gravy? I'm from the South. I have to say I like them, but I don't like them. I don't care for them that much. Oh, good. Good for you. Uh, it sounds disgusting. I would never eat it. <laughs> Next one is at Mr. Underscore Mike Underscore Goss. Which NFL player would you want to guest on the pod, and how long before questions devolve from football to food takes? Who's the, who's the dude that you would? I mean, like, like, are we talking guys who fit our brand? Because we've always wanted Niles Paul on this podcast, right? Um, or is it guys who we legit like, legitimately? a perfect human on this show is like Marshawn Lynch or Rob Gronkowski because they're, oh, yeah. because they're mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like they're just unbelievable interviews and they're hilarious. Right. Right. They're, yeah, they're I the mean, perfect people, but who like, we, who's an off the wall guy that you can think of that you would like to come on? Uh, I mean, we could easily do 69 minutes with Gronk. That's for sure. Yeah, that, and, why is that not a podcast? <laughs> right, yeah, it should be, man. Um, 
other other guy. Well, I think honestly, having Jay Cutler on this show would be tremendous. That would be that's a really really good one. I would love to. I'm one of my dream. I mean, my slow play for my career is to just get an interview with Jeff Fisher. So, I would love to have he he technically counts because he used to play in the NFL and because yeah. Jay Cutler used to play in the NFL too. Yeah, no longer. Yeah, but Jay Cutler would be so awkward and potentially strange i think yeah. it would be it would be amazing it would be it would be uh, yes and if we could somehow get your dad on that same show oh my god it would be very it, my dad would be like jay your potential man you never tapped it you just never tapped it and then, <laughs> and then cutler would explode i'm sure next one is at i stevens 22 congrats to your pens hey thanks man just curious you ever play hockey coming from a fan north of the border i didn't i never played rec hockey or anything but i used to play literally hours upon hours street hockey like like most people do or a lot of people at least in the north do uh, yeah right i mean i was i was i actually there's a there's a home video my brother always brings this up there's a home video so my brother is six and a half years older than me and so when i was younger obviously like he was larger than me and so even though he's a skinny dude and i'm not and when i got like when i was 10 i probably outweighed him when he was like 16 and a half but regardless, it was Christmas, and I got goalie pads when I was like six years old to to play out in the street hockey. So I had these goalie pads, and we would we we went in my garage and we set up the net, and he was shooting on me. And every time I fell, I couldn't get back up. <laughs> so I was just I was just on the ground in these pads, and then I couldn't. I was just wiggling around, and I couldn't get back up every single time that I fell to the ground. But I used to. So I played a lot of baseball growing up and stuff. And it's funny because my brother used to just shoot balls and, and pucks at me when we were playing hockey and he would get his neighborhood, like the neighborhood friends that were his age and I would play all time goalie for them. Right. So I, I became very not puck shy. And so when I then played baseball a lot, I was playing, I played a lot of shortstop and little league and stuff. I would just like gobble everything up because I didn't care if I got crushed in the throat with a baseball. Nice. Because of so, thank you, Mark, for that. That's that's it's the one thing that my brother did positively for me when I was growing up. That's a great. I yeah. I mean, you cannot play shortstop if you have any fear of the ball. Right. So that's that's a that's a good skill to have. It sounds like you were a more competent Goldberg. Yeah, that's kind of if you picture Goldberg and you picture the the like the the good things that Goldberg did, like not like the. Like just standing behind the net and there's a wide open net and he doesn't know what's going on. I was in between. I wasn't as good as Julie the Cat. I was not as good as Julie. Julie the Cat Gaffney. I tweeted about this yesterday. Julie the Cat Gaffney is one of the most undervalued people in sports movies ever. I actually I agree with that. She was incredible on every level. She was also my wife as a, as, as a child. <laughs> I, I liked her very much. She's She was a true feminist. She was true. Fe- like, like it taught us that it taught us feminism at a young age. I mean, except it, the it fact was... that she didn't start for the freaking team when she was better. It was, it was such a metaphor. Yeah, no, it was a it clearly, yeah, she was clearly the best goalie <laughs> and she was wasting away on the bench, which was a, a great message to all the little boys. Watching. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Gordon Bombay, you're a terrible head coach. Uh, next one at Johnny ambulance. Here's a QQ. Why is Denny obsessed with Denny? Uh, as uh, my friend Marielle, and who also is the uh, illustrator of the Rise and Grind book, <laughs> you're said, answering this question while self-promoting the book. It's amazing. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I you know I got to keep up the the brand, and 
uh, as she has said many times, um, uh, I don't enjoy anything like I enjoy myself. Uh, and uh, so I, la I laugh at my jokes. I think I'm very funny. Um, and then, you know, just go along with the other things that, that, that I do. You're, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, that's not a new thing. I've done that my whole life. You're one of the, you're the rare, you're the rare person though, who thinks that he's vain when in reality you're just not, you're like, usually, usually it's the opposite. Usually it's the opposite. Usually people, people don't want to be vain and they, right. and they, they're not self-aware enough. I think that you just are overly self-aware. No, my self-aware uh, level is nine thousand. Right. Uh, right. But uh, well, at, at least I I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, right. Maybe. Right. No, I but, totally agree with that. But so that allows me to do the thing where I enjoy myself more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one is from at Where is the Kiwi? How can I convince my league mates to switch to an auction draft? Well. First, you have to change your handle so they take you more seriously. <laughs> Where is the key? <laughs> how do you how do you get them to switch to an auction draft though? Uh, well, you you can't. You're not going to. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 because here's what you what what will happen is you'll say, but the most skilled uh, owners will be rewarded in an auction draft, and then the six or seven guys people who know they're bad at fantasy are going to say well that's not me i'm not doing it right so you're, you're never going to get like uh the, the whole league to agree yeah it's tough because we know the reason auction drafts are better in my opinion better is because you can get the guy you can you can realistically walk away in an auction draft with Le'Veon bell and david johnson and it's stupid that someone by luck is drafting 10th overall and what if they really really love Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson they're never going to have that player and they're never going to be able to trade for him because no one will trade those players so to me the reason you do an auction draft and what you sell to them is that it's the fairest way to get the players that you actually like and that you've been that you studied up on and it, it rewards like Denny said it rewards the players who actually know this stuff and are caring now with that being said there are arguments that you can make where snake drafts like when it comes to your pick, you have to make really, really tough choices. And that then brings out the best fantasy owners. I disagree with that a little bit because there are fantasy owners as well who can literally just click a button and that's just, they're, they're just going off of a list yeah. or something mm -hmm. like the, mm -hmm. the auction drafts take more skill in my opinion to understand the bigger picture rather than the snake drafts where you just kind of have to own the, the micro moments within the, the draft micro moments, man, you're breaking, you're breaking it down. Yeah, I really am. Uh, next one at the FF whisperer, Joe Flacco or Andy Dalton. And who are your borderline just outside the top 12 QBs for the season, particularly six point per touchdown and minus three point turnover. That's brutal. By the way, minus three for a turnover. That's brutal. That's brutal. But right. I mean, like it's not going to look the scoring. I've written about this plenty. The scoring is not going to change the way that I approach this at all. Like it's just, yeah. it's just not like the, the difference week to week between these guys, these elite quarterbacks and other players is not going to change drastically. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's just not. So right. it's similar to, to the way that I look at drops, right? Think of it this way. Yeah. People like, like the three, the, the minus three turnover, that's a good example. So you're getting one extra point. You're losing one extra point for a turnover. Now, if you look at a Aaron Rodgers who might throw eight interceptions this year, let's say, and he'll he'll be one of the lower. Let's say he throws five interceptions. I don't care to a replacement level quarterback who might throw fifteen interceptions. 
you're literally looking at a 10-point difference from a minus-2 interception league to a minus-3 interception league. Right. Across the entire season. It just doesn't matter that much. So right. that's the reason why I don't care. But, Denny, Joe Flacco or Andy Dalton? Who do you- uh, I wrote about Dalton uh, a little bit for the fake football, for the uh, equity score piece uh, from last week. And uh, the so it's him out of Flacco and Dalton. Yeah, it's I agree. By, by a long shot yeah, for me, I, I think for you too. Uh, if if Dalton, here's one thing that jumped out. If Dalton had just thrown the league average uh, in touchdown rate last year, mm-hmm. he would have been QB eight. Yeah, right. Overall, right. and so that's, that's and funny. and if he would have thrown at his average career average, he would have been QB six. And if he would have thrown, I did a, I did, I wrote up an article on Dalton too. If he would have thrown at his rate that he had with that he's had over his mm-hmm. uh, last two seasons with AJ Green and Tyler Eifert. He would have been a top four, top three quarterback last season. So if he sees that same type of volume this year and he has that kind of efficiency with a healthy group, Andy Dalton, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a if he's a QB, a high end QB one. He's done it before, yeah. Uh, and he was he was a high end QB one before he got injured. I think two seasons ago, um, yeah. against your Steelers, I believe. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's him by a long shot. I I'm taking him everywhere. I can I can get him. Yeah. Next one is at Skinny Elvis. If Pittsburgh is such a great city, why does it seem like there are a hundred million people who used to live there, but nobody actually lives there now? I mean, it's not wrong. That's not a wrong. Well, Right, but that's the that's just part of the uh, the Rust Belt. I mean, right. the the a lot of those jobs went away, and people had to go to other parts of the country. Right, and the interesting thing with Pittsburgh is that now it's a very very green, and it's all formulated on on health yeah. healthcare and education with like Pitt, CMU, and stuff there, and and it's a completely different city than what it used to be, and the economy continues to go up, 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 but the population continues to go down, 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 not, not significantly down, but it's, it's decreasing in population while the economy is actually booming. It's a really, really interesting thing. I think that a lot of it has to just do with the fact that the weather is not good there, that there are just other, you know, I, I, you know, it's not like you're sitting in, in California and you have this like beautiful weather every day. Like that, I think that plays a factor. Certainly. I think that there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, I go back to Pittsburgh and I say, man, I'm really glad that I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, because Pittsburgh's kind of old. I mean, it's just an, yeah. it's just an old city. And I realize that I really like the newness of Charlotte, for instance. I think there's just uh, reasons like that, that that also play into it. And there's all, there's also the fact that uh, Permanente Brothers is there. So people are fleeing. <laughs> You're the worst. Those awful sandwiches. I I can't blame them. Who can blame them? You're the worst. My I always tell my wife though that the one thing that I miss about living in Pittsburgh are moments like today with like the Penguins parade and stuff like that. That's the yeah. That's the sports are what I miss the most. But overall, I mean, like I love the crap out of Pittsburgh. I love the culture. I love everything about it. But I think that it's one of those uh, areas. It's just it's just like a, you know another city where like it's going to be more meaningful to someone who grew up there. It's a really really cool city. Like. I've lived there. I've lived in Cincinnati. I can objectively tell you that Pittsburgh is way, way better than Cincinnati. I'm sorry if you're from Cincinnati, but, and it's a cool city. You've been to Pittsburgh before. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a different, it's a different city in this like random area of the country, but like, I did, I didn't hate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really nice place, but you know why people move. I think that people generally just migrate South too. I've been to a pirates game. You have PNC Uh, park uh, is glorious. 
Yeah, it's it was a fantastic stadium experience. The Pirates won on a walk-off grand slam. Woo. It was a it, and the people were going nuts and they were terrible at that time. This is 6 7 years yeah. ago. They and and wow, people were into it. Whew. Yeah. Next one is at Katie Banks 01. Oh, I've skipped one, but I'll go back to it. I'm an awful I'm in an awful work league. 8 team standard scoring. I've never adjusted the size so I lose. How should I approach an 8 team draft? <sighs> Those are go ahead. Well, uh, though you know you're you're not that 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 kind of league is not set up to for, so that the best player wins. That right. that's that's randomness, um, luck. Uh, but it, you know you said it, he he says uh, help a zero RB or out. I, you know in a in a league like that, I don't know. I don't know if you're if it's good to go zero RB or zero wide rec- or zero wide receiver or anything like that, especially if you're only filling two wide receiver spots with eight teams. You right. know? Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd be way more inclined to reach on a quarterback because it doesn't matter. Your opportunity cost isn't as high because you're about to pick again. Like the round is almost over soon. So I, I don't I mean, at the same time, sure, there's going to be a lot of guys on the waiver wire. But when I think about league size. I think that you have a bigger advantage by drafting your quarterback late in larger leagues than you do in shallower leagues. Yeah. Just in, in general. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the different approach that I would take. Next one is from at Nathan C. McGee. Can we get an LTS origin story? Some of us haven't been listening since the beginning. Oh. Uh, origin story? I mean, I guess 2012. Uh, we were yeah. both new- newish to Twitter. Um, I was writing for a couple sites, including the fake football. You had just published your book mm-hmm. and little, the late round quarterback, which was, you know, fairly controversial at the time. I yeah. mean, coming off this insane season where five quarterbacks go bananas, like, like we've never seen before. So I read it. I really liked the book and we connected on Twitter and seemed to have, you know, like minds, um, and, uh, went from there. And then I think you, you, you proposed the podcast. Yeah. I think I proposed the podcast. You came up with the name and the reason that I hit you up, I think the first time I like, like read your stuff and all that was when you were covering that one fantasy event that was in Philly, I think. (laughs) And so from there we just started talking and now I hate him. Yeah, exactly. It's it's devolved from there. Uh, it's a total disaster. We 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 put on our best face for this show, but right. uh, yeah, right. We're like teammates who hate each other and just pretend that we like each other, and then we a- afterwards, it's 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 more like talk show hosts when talk show yeah, hosts yeah, hate each other. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, tell the people what what uh, music we used to use for the show. Yeah. So what people might not realize, if you go listen to the very, very, I mean, look, if you go listen to like the first or second episode, you can tell that it's like the first podcast experience that we've ever done in our lives. Like it was horrible, horrendous stuff. But, but the intro before we got the intro that we have now, the intro, I used to throw random nineties TV show themes in there. So it started with like family matters. And then we had like full house that that's that's what we like what in the world like what why that, like we could have just gotten our fiver dude I, we still need to get the fiver dude on the podcast but the fiver guy i mean for 5 bucks he was just sitting there waiting for us and he came up with the brilliant intro that we have today yes uh next one at Kierspig. he says 
Uh, JJ, what's better? Pens winning the cup or you winning the title in your most important league? That's easy. It's the Pens winning the cup. He has the same, wow. he has the same question though. What are you doing with Macklin and the Ravens wide receivers? Who are you going to own the most shares of Wallace or Perriman take a bigger hit? I, 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 go, I, I think, I think Macklin's going to see the highest market share in that offense if he's healthy. Wow. Cause he plays a slot. He's probably going to primarily play the slot in three wide receiver sets that's that's where they they threw a lot of their targets last season. We know that they target the tight end a good bit. Dennis Pitt is gone now. I know Ben Watson's there, but like I I think Macklin and then two wide receiver sets he can still be on the outside with Mike Wallace more than likely because Perriman. I I have no idea what that's going to look like. So to me, it knocks Wallace and Perriman both back fairly equal amount. I would I would assume maybe Perriman a little bit more because he might not see the field as much on on. Uh, two wide receivers in two wide receiver yeah. sets, but Macklin to me is like a wide receiver three. Wallace is now like a high end four. That's kind of how I say it. Next one at Stoner Lytics, RBs with eight plus round ADP that are instant fantasy starters the first two weeks. He actually answered this question himself because he said Terrence yeah. West, Jaquiz Rogers, Darren Sproles help a zero RB or out. Oh, I was looking at the wrong question. That was the question I was looking at for some reason. Oh, wow. Way uh, to go, Denny. Or earlier. I'm sorry. Uh, doesn't I mean Terrence West, right? Terrence West is a good pick. Jaquiz Rogers is a good pick, too. I think those are the guys that you want to target to get those early season points because they're going to be starting for their respective teams. I kind of don't hate Doug Martin where he's going. Yeah, I mean, once he's back from the suspension, he should be – he should be fine, at least as the early early down guy in the offense, you would think. Right. Yeah. Uh, next one, at the Great Dane 85. Breakouts and busts. Give the people what they want, and who will be your favorite streaming quarterbacks? Breakouts and busts, Denny. I, I've said already, I think Terrell Pryor is going to be a potential top 10 wide receiver this year. I think he's wow. going to break out in a big way. Um, yeah. And I like Kareem Hunt in Kansas City. I'm a, I'm a Hunt truther much more than I am a Spencer Ware guy. Um, it, it, as far as, but and isn't where hurt, where's hurt all, uh, already. I didn't, I don't know. Is he, I, I thought he was hurt. All right. So anyway, the, the bus part, I cannot figure out, uh, why Deandre Hopkins is being drafted where, where, yeah, I agree with you there for uh, sure. I, I, I've done, um, I've done some math on that and I, I guess you're buying it. I think you're buying him at like his tippy top ceiling, you know? Yeah. There's no room to go right there. And the floor is, um, is not great. You know, he finished as a wide, as wide receiver 24, 25 last year in PPR. Mm-hmm. And I guess people are thinking that his quarterback situation is vastly improved. But my question is, is it, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I think him and Allen Robinson are both really, really risky bets that you're drafting early on. I know people are looking at Allen Robinson's air yards and they're excited about that. I, I get it. I get the logic behind it. But I think this team that that team is going to look completely different next season. I don't see Allen Robinson as good of an asset as he might be being drafted as. Um, I, I think a breakout. I'm buying into the Amari Cooper hype, Denny. Really? Yeah, I kind of am because I, I I think. You know, age definitely plays a factor. He's only 22. Um, And I also think that it's a very easy fix as to why he's not as fantasy relevant. And that fix 
is his red zone presence and is, is them targeting him more in the red zone. Sure. He could be a Julio Jones type maybe where he's not that red zone guy. Cause Julio Jones, my God, he had fewer red zone targets than Tevin Coleman and Devonte Freeman last year, which is a crime. But mm. at the same time, I, I think that it's not that difficult of a fix for them to think about, or at least change. I mean, even still like Amari Cooper didn't score a red zone touchdown last year. Like Amari Cooper, it, it, the, the, the positive regression that's going to come regardless is going to be pretty strong for Cooper, who was already fairly relevant week to week because um, he saw decent volume and he did a ton between the 20s. So I, I, I'm, I'm a believer that Cooper can be and, and kind of ascend to that mid wide receiver one value stemming from a more of a low wide receiver one and, and drafts high end wide receiver two. Yeah, I mean, he only had five touchdowns last year and finished as wide receiver 15, 16. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, you always have good reasons. Well, I mean, like, like it's, it's one of those things where it's not super mathematical when it comes to Amari Cooper because if you look at his red zone work, I mean, it's, it's really dreadful. There's only – I can't remember what wide receiver it was – uh, on the, I mean, he had, he had as many reds, he like, like Chris Conley had more looks than him or something in the red zone or scored more touchdowns than he did in the red or no, he had the same amount of looks, but didn't score a touchdown in the red zone last year. That that's kind of the level that we're working with, with Amari Cooper. Um, so, you know, I just think natural progression for a guy who's already doing things that we really haven't seen many young wide receivers do in this league I think that's just enough reason to think, hey, maybe Amari Cooper could end up being this mid wide receiver one this year. I, yeah. And I know I know we both are into Pierre Garçon just from a volume standpoint, so he should be a good value. I think John Brown's a good bounce back candidate too. Um yes, in Arizona. Like yeah, John Brown's a guy to definitely look at. Um you know, guys who have way too high ADPs in my opinion are like like Derrick Henry, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't comprehend Derrick Henry being drafted I, in the 6th round. I mean, if you are um if you work in a week 3 injury to DeMarco Murray that keeps him out for six weeks. Right. And I think, I think that works. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where I stand on a lot of those guys. Hopefully it answered the question at least a little bit. Next one at CM, CMS Mizzou, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans article has me spinning. Would you keep him for $47 in a $200 auction league, keeping shady for $40 top wide receivers will go for $60. So I'm assuming you're talking about Mike Evans, keeping him for $47. I wrote that article that really compared the two wide receivers because Mike Evans season last year, the the tail end was a lot like DeAndre Hopkins in 2015, like the start and the finish and how they, how the team just changed philosophy and how the defense played a lot better. They didn't throw as many passes. He didn't see as much volume. And as a result, he wasn't as big of a fantasy asset. With that being said, I still think, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you would agree because you're a, an Evans truther, that $47 is okay for, for a keeper cost. Yeah, if the other guy, if the other top-end receivers are going at 60, I think 47 is fine. But I, I, um, I, don't think you're getting, I don't think you're getting an amazing deal there. Yeah. Uh, this next one is from Kevin at the underscore FF underscore engineer. What makes a player a good streaming target in drafts, i.e. not good enough to be a consistent performer, but not bad enough to be undraftable? Hmm. To me, it's early season schedule. 
You know, and, as you get closer to the season, you kind of can feel that out a little bit. Yeah, and 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 being um, free or or close to it. Yeah, you know? I mean, coming with no risk. Right. I think that, that we we always talk about that in August, like like who who cares if so and so flames out because you got them in the fourteenth. Yeah, exactly. Next one at Cam underscore Wilson twenty six. Any fire takes about people who insist on being in the express lane at the store with greater than fifteen items? Mm. I I'm lenient. I, really? I'm lenient, I'm lenient on on if someone has 16, 17, 18 items, I say I say go ahead, L- live and let live. That's what I say. Wow, I hate it. I go to the grocery store all the time because I get lunches there and stuff. Like I just need to get out of the house and just like I, I don't want to go to like some random fast food place because it's gross. And so I'm always in the express line. I cannot stand it when people have a shopping cart full of stuff that they're checking out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't give me if if someone has twenty, twenty five items, uh, they should be arrested and um, <laughs> and fined and put in jail for a short period of time. Um, but uh, but you know, uh, a, a little bit more, it's okay. And you know why I say that? Because I do that. <laughs> wow, That's, you're the guy that you're the guy that I hate at the grocery store. Then, but but most of those things in my cart are baby food. So what are you going to come up to the guy? has baby food and be like True. hey jerk and be like hey i'm just trying to feed my baby why do you want my baby to starve true good Get point here. very good point next one at it's underscore the underscore bin thought on julius thomas with all the talk of him getting double digit touchdowns oh my gosh please spare me spare me the julius yeah, propaganda yeah like guys look look we had our julius thomas moment and that ship has sailed we we yeah. denny denny called out julius thomas in his breakout week one game a couple years ago and that's all we need to do with Julius Thomas. We're not touching Julius Thomas again. When 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 someone lives the stream, you don't need to go back to them season after season. Yeah, and and you know, Julius Thomas was very effective with Peyton Manning as his quarterback. Right. And then he wasn't. Like a, elite Peyton has, Manning. Right. And now he has Ryan Tannehill and this Dolphins offense, which I think stinks. And like you said, and you mentioned on Twitter today. Once the Dolphins' offense shifted to all Ajayi all the time, they didn't throw. Yeah, eighth. They had the eighth highest drop back to run ratio weeks one to five, and then week six when Ajayi broke out against the Steelers. From week six to week seventeen, they were the third run heaviest team in the league behind or ahead of only Dallas and Buffalo, who we know are incredibly run heavy. So that's what we're looking at in the Dolphins' offense. I don't feel great about the volume in that offense, especially if the defense can come through. So I, I'm not into really many of the pass catchers there. Like I can see like, sure. Jarvis Landry's fine. We, we know what we're getting out of him. He's a very reliable early round pick. I'm not really buying into the Devonte Parker breakout. I'm going to talk about that more in my podcast on Friday. Um, but the Julius Thomas stuff, it's like you need like real, real high end touchdowns from your tight end for them to be like the breakout Tyler Eifert, the breakout Travis Kelsey, Julius Thomas is not going to be that if he scores eight or nine touchdowns i'll be shocked that would be that would be pretty stunning uh he would also have to draw an enormous uh percentage or market share of that you know run centric offense in order to be i think like a like a week-to-week option uh the but the 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 puff pieces uh and the tweets uh from from training camp like julius thomas dominating the the dolphins uh, uh practice squad defense I mean, it actually like makes blood come out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next one is at Tom Dicado. 
Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Let's say I go back and forth. Do you? I'm I'm a, I'm I'm creamy. I I'll, I mean I'll eat crunchy every once. In a while. I, I I though too. I don't really have a strong preference. I know that I just yelled at you for not having a strong preference. Yeah. But yeah. but I I mean I would go creamy. Creamy is like my would be my go to. Like I I will yeah. some I'll I'll take a spoon to peanut butter sometimes because I think the the most important thing in this conversation and the thing we need to get out there and really emphasize is that we must at all costs avoid low fat peanut butter. Okay. Deal. That it's it is disgusting. Yes. Uh, please, please don't don't uh, just take my word for it. Please don't ever try it. Next one at Nikolai Pitra, who won the LTS league last year. By the way, we will be doing another LTS league this year, correct? Like we have yep. to. Yeah. So the only person that's invited back are is you, Nico, and Tom Everett Scott. Yeah. So Tom, if you're listening. Come, we, we, we want you back. It'll be great. I know that Tom's really busy right now, though, man. Tom, Tom has gone full-blown Hollywood. He's got Diary of a Wimpy Kid that, that came yeah. out, I believe, now. And, yeah. I mean, the dude is out of control with his work. So, Tom, if you get some time, we'd love to have you back on and, and do this draft with us. I may or may not be meeting him later this summer. So Where are you uh, meeting him at? It, it, uh, he'll, he'll be in, in the uh, Maryland area. Oh. Uh, and I, I'm not sure where yet, but I'll, I'll tell him. I'll pass on the message. Don't worry. God, I need to. I might drive up there and see you guys then. Uh, I don't know if you're invited. We'll, we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, this next. So he. So Nico asks, Have you ever mowed your lawn diagonally just because you're feeling dangerous? Have you? Yeah, dude, I have. But because it's good, it's good to to cut your grass differently every time, so then it grows better. So the so the grass. Okay. This, this, I'm, I struggle with the concept of the grass, like understanding that it's been cut in a different way. <laughs> it, it gets so it. That, it gets it. it. I was taught that from like, an early age. If anyone listening is a landscaper, go at me when you listen to this and tell me that I'm wrong or tell me I'm right. And then I'll CC Denny and everything will be right in the world. Uh, listen, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it's just, it's hard for me to get my head around, around this. Um, I, uh, I've never done that. Although when I was a kid, my dad wanted me to, to mow the, mow our lawn that way. And I would just do the lawn the regular way. And then I would, uh, tell him that I did it diagonally. He would, that's great. Look at it. It looks awesome. <laughs> like you don't know anything. I usually, I'll go horizontal. The Like I'll, I'll, I cut it weekly. I'll go horizontal and then I'll go vertical the next week. Mm-hmm. It works. Uh, next one at Piper's Papa one. How do you feel about people with joint social media accounts? Uh, it needs <laughs> that needs to stop. I agree. I uh, very I'm, much so. I'm agree. trying. I'm trying to calm myself down because I, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's close. Yeah, yeah. I have an I have an aunt and uncle who share one. And, and here's here are the exceptions. Here are the exceptions. So if one person in the couple is just not into social media at all. And and the other person wants to, for some reason, represent the family as a as a unit uh, that's posting, you know, videos and pictures of the kids and whatnot. I guess I get that, but uh, I I personally can't imagine um, like melding myself into another person. That sounds dirty. Uh, you know, the it's a, my wife left. I just <laughs> a side note. 
uh, but you know, but like, like not just identifying myself as myself that, that blows my mind. I can't get, can't get with that. I agree. I couldn't have said it better myself, Denny. Next one. Next one's from our buddy, TJ Hernandez at TJ Hernandez. Do you own a squatty potty? If not, why? What is that? Denny, it's the greatest invention that's ever, that's ever hit the market. Wow. Okay. I, I saw it on Shark Tank like three years ago and I bought one immediately and it's a, it's a thing that fits around your toilet. You can pull it out whenever you're ready to go. And I'm talking about poop. And <laughs> when you're, when you're, when you're gonna go to the bathroom, uh-huh. you pull it out and it, it brings your feet up. Okay. So it's like a stool that you're kind of sit, resting your feet on. And the reason you use it is because it straightens out your colon and it makes it come. Because cause if you go to other countries, like some, especially countries that don't have like normal toilets, they just squat down, right? And the reason they do that is, be, and the reason they can do that is because it actually straightens out your colon whenever you're, whenever you're doing your business. Right, right. I am glad to get some colon talk in on this on yeah, the podcast. Of course, of course. I also want to tell the people listening that uh, JJ is doing a half, like a half squat position <laughs> as we're talking. Like he, every time he says the word squat, he kind of like like hunches <laughs> over a little, and it's just it's just the the best thing I think I've seen all day. Whatever, man. Stanley Cup champs. Next one <laughs> at J Alex Olguin. Have you ever played disc golf, and how do you feel about it? It, wait, is that frisbee? Yeah, you've never played disc golf. Uh, no, I have. I think it's fun, but it's also, I mean, like, there's a certain demographic that plays that. I yeah, I haven't, I haven't done anything fun since the first Obama administration. So that's <laughs> next one is at Diego twenty four FPS. Do you prefer CJ Procise around round ten or or uh, Thomas Rawls around thirteen plus hmm. in MFL tens? I can't believe Procise is going before Rawls. So you, so you're a Rawls guy. I, I mean, and no, it's fine. It's fine if you're a Rawls guy. Yeah, no, I no, know that I, my I, tone I, made it seem like I'm going to disagree no. with you, so like you don't get it. No, and... no, 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 no. I, yeah, yeah, and 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 I want to say that yes, uh, for the price. First of all, he's going after. I, I don't know if I would take him like in the ninth or eighth round. Obviously, that's that's way too early. But um, he's also he would also be an early back guy in an offense that you know has been very successful with early or, or early down uh, uh running backs and precise is entirely you know uh you know hinges on on game script right kind of yeah i mean like he's obviously the pass catcher of the group i i think that precise see i want to say that precise has a higher ceiling because we don't know what he can do on on early downs but I do think that you could also make the argument that Thomas Rawls is the higher ceiling because we've seen what he's done in, in, in short clips and those like that like five game stretch. And we've also we also know that he would probably be the early down guy if something happened to Eddie Lacy, or more so the early down guy. Um so I could see both ways. I, I like CJ Procise a lot as a prospect and, and what he can do, so I might lean that way, but I can understand the logic in going Thomas yeah. Rawls. Uh next one is at Crimson six eight seven. What's with all this all, what's with all the this is my insert day jokes? That's all, Denny. So you, you got to answer those. Yeah, you know when I just I want to I want to brag to people. Like for instance, today is my Wednesday. Hey yo, you know, yeah. uh, and I just I feel like the I feel like Twitter wants to know. Yeah, that's fair. I think that they're hilarious. For the record, I laugh at I, mean, I laugh at them literally every time. <laughs> it's because it's stupidest thing. It's so dumb. 
it's it's dumb it makes no sense but it makes people laugh and you know what else can you ask well nothing's worse than the people who say this is my friday and it's it's wednesday oh oh yeah no that well although it does get kind of hilarious when they say it on like a tuesday like this is my friday i'm like f you man (laughs) right right uh next one is at diego 24 fps is derrick henry closer to a worthwhile pick at adp and mfl 10s if you're the demarco owner no no just listen to my handcuffing podcast that's that's the the late round podcast it's uh, i did an episode on handcuffing you're not you're not getting if you get derrick henry and an mfl 10 don't own demarco murray because you want upside so get derrick henry if you don't own demarco murray not if you do own him uh it- what? No, I was gonna. No, go ahead, go ahead. That's all I was gonna say about it. I, well, I was gonna say that the only, the only um, convince or not convincing, the only argument that I hear for handcuffing, okay, so like against what you were saying, is strictly anecdotal. Yeah, it's like I had uh, D'Angelo Williams in right. two years ago, right? Or I had Michael Michael Moreno. Bush. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I had this guy who went berserk for the last six, six or seven weeks of the season, and that's I don't know. That's not that's not a good argument to me. I mean, like it just no. like that structurally, structurally, it that's not an argument at all. Yeah, about how you build your team. Right. I provided a ton of data on the on the article that I wrote on handcuffs on number fire that tells you that like I, I don't know what more I can do on the topic. Basically, like I. I I poured my heart and soul into it, guys. I gave it gave it my all. But like the average injury to a running back also happens over the last uh, to an RB one over the last six years or five years or whatever. It happens in week seven. So have fun holding on to Derrick Henry while he does nothing for your fantasy team for seven weeks, or Yikes. what we're projecting for him to do nothing. Obviously, anything can happen. Derrick Henry's talented. I, I get it from that perspective. But spending a six round pick, the the, the value just isn't there. Tenth, um, eleventh, maybe. But right, right. Uh, we'll just close it out because there's two questions that are very similar. The one says, this is from at Steinman underscore for JJ. How hard is it to go nearly 12 months without your team winning a professional sports championship? It's really tough being a Pittsburgh sports fan, but he also says for Denny, what's it like to never win? (laughs) Dude, I have been, let me tell you, I have been, uh, like the, among the better players on the worst teams in my whole life in sports. (laughs) I, I, softball, baseball, basketball, golf, golf team and junior, uh, football, everything. I have been the on the worst teams, and I have also rooted for the worst teams in professional sports. So it's it's uh, it's fun. It's fun never to win, and you wonder why I'm just full of nihilism, right? True. You, just, you wonder. It stems from sports. Yeah. It stems from sports. All right, Denny, that'll do it for the questions. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? at cd carter 13 on the twitter and if you live in the maryland dc area uh i am going to uh, be signing books at the barnes and noble uh at uh, in rockville um so come on out uh that's on i'm sorry i should tell you when it when that is it's saturday at one o'clock i'll be there for about three or four hours so uh come by barnes and noble in rockville i'll be selling and signing uh, 96 ways to rise and grind. That's awesome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at late round QB. I have another podcast now called the late round podcast, which if you listen to this, please go subscribe to that too. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, whatever. 
uh, I work hard at it and I do it a lot and just go listen to it and I would appreciate it. Denny, you want to get some milkshakes? Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later in the month. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info.